Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, dearest family. How are you? Good morning. I pray it's good for you. I know that it's very difficult for many people. We need to keep praying for the war in the Ukraine. Um, we need to pray for our own country who is under threat. We need to pray for the conversion and uh, wisdom of our president um, and his administration. Um, and we need to pray for our own families, and we need to prepare to be at war. We need to prepare, beloved. I say it often, I have no inside information, but we need to prepare. We need to have a, um, a good way to store food and, and cook without electricity or gas. We need to do that now and not wait. Gather your families and learn the faith, beloved. Learn the faith. Teach your children the faith. You could say, well, it's too late for me. It's never too late. That'll help you into heaven. But um, it's never too late, certainly, for your children. Um, where did where did that go? Let me just see for a minute. Hold on. One minute, I lost something. Here it is. Okay. And so we're talking about faith. And we say, what is faith? What is faith? That's chapter 6 of the book, This is the Faith, by Canon Francis Ripley. And you say, Mother, look what's going on in the country. We've lost our jobs because we haven't taken the vaccine. The gas prices are high. Um, someone told me next month or I forget what month, it's going to be $10 for a tube of toothpaste. It's just the world's going insane. What are you talking about the faith? Beloved, it's the only thing we have that no one can take from us. It's the only thing we possess it's the pearl of great price it's the most glorious thing in the world and we are the most privileged to be to have been given the gift of faith and so it's it's what we have um and helps us with who we are if we lose that we can have all the supplies in the world and we have nothing if we have our faith even if we die, we have everything, beloved. And Canon Ripley says, I'll just go back three tiny questions here. Um, what is faith? And he answers, faith is a supernatural gift of God which enables us to believe without doubting whatever God has revealed. Do you believe it, beloved? Do you believe what God has revealed without doubting? Well, some believed with great doubt, and he called them the the of little faith group. Um, but we are not of those who turn back. We believe, and we go on with our Lord. Why must you believe whatever God has revealed? Did you hear that word he's put in there, M-U-S-T? Why must you believe whatever God has revealed? And the answer is, <clears throat> this is like the Baltimore Catechism, where we answer we include the question with the answer. I must believe whatever God has revealed because God is the very truth and can neither deceive or be deceived. He is truth himself. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, 
and the life. People say, well, I don't know what to believe anymore. Just believe Jesus. Believe his every word. What are the chief mysteries of faith which every Christian is bound to know? The chief mysteries of faith which every Christian is bound to know are the unity and trinity of God who will render to every man according to his works and then the incarnation, the death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. At our last reading, we read this and I explained how God is both one and three. Excuse me a moment. He is one God in three divine persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is one, I explained the Hebrew word echad, um, in the, um, Deuteronomy 6.4, the, the, the hero Israel, the Lord your God is one, one, the Lord is God, the Lord is one, and that's my Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. There's two words for one, probably more, but uh, I, for those of you who aren't listening uh, or weren't um, on the program at that time, I explained that this is what I came to, what I, I need to make things very simple so I can understand them. So if I have one bunch of grapes, I have one bunch of grapes. It's a compound one. One bunch of grapes. That word is echad in Hebrew. If I have a singular grape, it's yachid. And so I have one bunch of grapes, echad. A singular grape, yachid. In Hebrew, the, our, uh, the Lord our God is one Adonai. The Lord is one Echad, not Yahid, meaning that God is one, but he's a compound one. He's a compound unity, and often the rabbis will, they acknowledge that, but they say that he's a plurality of some kind, and they pick majesty, a plurality of majesty. I think that's good, but he's a plurality of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who are one in substance and essence. <clears throat> in the last paragraph of his gospel, St. Mark reports these words of our Lord. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned. St. Paul makes this solemn declaration without faith. It is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11. And these two texts alone are sufficient to demonstrate the importance of faith. Supernatural faith includes the, the following principles. God is our first beginning and our last end. God has supreme dominion over us. We owe God due service, which we express in religion. True religion is the true worship of the true God. It's not man-made. It's the true worship of the true God. God has told us how he wants to be worshipped. Man must obey this teaching of God. Man has no right to practice a religion of his own, making against God's will, of his own making against God's will. He has no right. God has not willed many religions. He's only willed one. <clears throat> 
And that was the religion he formed through the Hebrews, through the Jewish people, and fulfilled in his Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. God alone can declare to us in what true religion consists. God, because he is the one who invented religion and invented us, beloved. This declaration of God contains the body of revealed truths. We are bound to believe them. We must have faith in them. No one can be indifferent about such vital matters. And I'd say, dear ones, if you don't have that faith, faith is a gift. Ask God for it. Ask God for the gift of faith, dear ones. Hold on a moment. One moment. Mm, Can't do this. Yes, I can. Hold on. I I also didn't mention to you, um, dearest, that um, you are able to call in and welcome to call in any time during the hour every morning. The toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You are welcome to call in at any time whatsoever. Back to keep the faith. Rather, this is the faith. Even at the time of the Reformation, the necessity of faith was never questioned. Those who left the true church, Martin Luther, Zwingli, Calvin, those who left the true church still believed in God and Christ. Nowadays, Many reject faith itself and are utterly indifferent about religion. Faith, they say, is nothing more than an emotion. No one can be received into the Catholic Church without a genuine and sincere faith in the Catholic religion. Faith is the very foundation on which the whole religious and spiritual edifice of Catholicism is erected. It is the root holding the tree against all the storms and difficulties of life and providing the sap which makes our religion a living force in our lives. The solemn teaching of the Church on faith may be summed up as follows. Faith is a divine virtue by which we believe revealed truth not because it is known to us by the natural light of reason, but because it is known to us by the authority of God, who can neither deceive or be deceived. The virtue of faith is infused into the soul with sanctifying grace. That's what happened at our baptism. The virtue of faith is infused into the soul with sanctifying grace and it is lost only by a grave sin of unbelief, which a man commits by deliberately doubting or denying a truth which he knows God has revealed. There's the music, dear ones, for our first break. Again, you're welcome to call in throughout this hour with anything at all on your mind. Our lines are wide open. Um, and we would, we would encourage you to do that. If we could, the toll-free number is 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back. 
Hi, this is Joe McLean, host of the Catholic Drive Time Morning Show. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross. We'll keep you informed and inspired with insightful guests and breaking news stories of the day. That's the Catholic Drive Time. Weekday morning, 7 a.m. on the Station of the Cross and the iCatholic Radio app. We look forward to joining you on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network each weekday morning at 7 a.m. Praise be to Jesus. May God love you. Hey, Jim Havens here. I'm host of The Simple Truth, which airs every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. The focus of the show is authentically receiving, living, and handing on the simple truth of Jesus and his Catholic Church in a down-to-earth, no-nonsense manner. The guests are phenomenal, and each weekday has its own theme, always encouraging us to take the next step in our faith wherever we may be. It's The Simple Truth, every weekday from 4 to 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen to any of our network-produced programs at your convenience, wherever you enjoy podcasts. Hear a powerful sermon you need to share with a loved one? Maybe there's a guest or teaching segment that deserves another listen. You can find all of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, our website, and the free iCatholic Radio app. Be uplifted in your faith. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. Thank you for your continued support and may God bless you and your family. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, we have three quarters of an hour to go and plenty of time for you to call in with anything that's on your heart. Um, doesn't have to be what we're speaking about, but the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. And the toll-free number is one 511 5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Mary from Virginia on the line. Hello, Mary. Good morning, Mother. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you. I'm so honored to speak to you. Thanks for calling in, Mary. Yes, ma'am. So what's on my heart right now is an encouraging word for mothers who are thinking about getting back to their traditional roles in the home and their traditional vocations. And I just want, I know it's becoming increasingly difficult, especially um, right now with society, um, pretty much against traditional families. Um, And I just want to send an encouraging uh, word to those who are considering that or have it on their hearts um, to really look at that, to the Theotokos about that. And, you know, do what's right for your family. And I know that you talk a lot about that on your show. And I'm just so glad that we have a supporter like you who, 
you know, bring that to our attention and bring it to the to the world's attention that we really need to get back to traditional roles of the family and do what you can, get your kids out of public schools, um, wives, you know, um, get back into the home if you can um, and just bring that back to America because I really think that's lacking. And I really think, especially as a Catholic family, if it's doable, then we need to make that happen. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that and um, any specific prayers that we could be saying or anything like that. Well, Mary, um, thanks so much for that. You know that's number one on my heart, the restoration of the family and God's design. And in fact, the more difficult things get, the more we must do that. The more we must do that, return to what God gave us to do. Um, it, return to our vocations. If we try to take matters into our own hands, we fail. Um, the traditional family has the father as the head <clears throat> and the mother as the heart. You would be homeschooling your children because of the evilness of the world outside. Uh, besides, Mary, how many children do you have? We have two daughters. All right, beautiful. And how old are they? Seven and six. <clears throat> Excellent. Um, and I say to all parents, you did homeschool your child for the nine months in the womb. You homeschooled them. And then they were born, and you homeschooled them until, for many people, kindergarten age, and then you turned them over to the world. Complete shock to their system. The world, even if it's Catholic, doesn't have your values, is not going to lead them in the way that you have raised them. There's no reason to turn them over to the world unless you're a single mom, unless you are um, in such financial straits that you cannot pay the price of the Catholic school. Um, and many churches uh, have free tuition as well. Um, but no matter what you do with your children, you need to homeschool them. You need to raise them in the faith. Uh, when we stand before God, it won't be the church or the school, even if Catholic, that's responsible for the, uh, the hearts and the knowledge and the understanding of our children. It is the parents who are stewards of that. So, Mary, you're absolutely right. And it's a blessed home where the husband agrees, where the husband and wife agree together. And for to be a traditional family, um, it, you know, one of the great problems with this, Mary, I, I'm going to take a minute to say this. I gave a conference to the women of one church at one time, and then I gave a conference to the men of one church. Um, uh, hold on, just I'm going to see if I can get this. Um, uh, it probably should be teaching for another day. Hold on a moment. I'm going to see if I can bring this up. I, my Bible is in the chapel, and I don't have it right on me, and I want to read a verse from Genesis 3 and 4. I'm going to take this time, dear one, because what you've called in about is, is, my, is the, my heart, completely my heart. Um, and I would want to encourage everyone. And if you're a wife... Um, and you are not, hold on just a minute, I'm, I'm typing someone in here, something in here. Okay, if you're a wife and you um, are not able to live this life, um, give a call in. 
call in at our toll-free number. Mary started the chain, uh, 1-877-511-5483, with the difficulty you have or with your husband who's against it, whatever it is, because, again, you are responsible for raising your children in the faith. Um, uh, I'm thinking this. Um, this is very important. Mary, do you have a little time to be on the line? Yes, ma'am. At the curse, at the fall in Genesis chapter 3, as you know, um, they ate from the tree God forbid them to eat. And Mary, you don't have to stay on the line if this goes too long. That's quite all right, sweetheart. I you, um, appreciate your having taken me in this direction this morning. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. This is after Adam and Eve fell in Genesis um, and ate from the tree God forbid them to eat. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Why did they hide themselves? Because they knew they were naked. They were naked before, but there was no problem. They were pure. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of thee in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. You see, up till then they walked naked before God. There was never a problem. They walked and talked with God in the garden. And God said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, the woman. See, what a, what a brave man. He blames the woman. But he doesn't even really blame the woman. The woman whom thou gavest to be with me. You gave me the woman. He's blaming God. You gave me her. If you didn't give her to me, I wouldn't be in this mess. That's what he's saying. The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree and I ate. Fine thing about a husband laying down his life for his wife, right? Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me and I ate. They both passed the buck, right? They both Nine of them, neither of them took the blame. And so the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all cattle and above all wild animals. And upon your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. <clears throat> and God said to Satan, the, the serpent, I will put enmity, strife between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head you shall bruise his heel. He, the seed of the woman, would bruise the head of the serpent, which would be a fatal blow. And that speaks of the cross, from Eve right up to Mary and the son she bore for our salvation. But we won't stop on that right now. To the woman, he said, I will greatly, and I won't read further than this, I will greatly multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain, You shall bring forth children. This is her curse. And yet your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And, you know, I've read that such a long time, and I said, how does that make sense? For the woman's desire to be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Where is the curse in that? In pain you shall bring forth children, yet your desire shall be for your husband. That's a good thing. How is that a curse? Until you go 
to Genesis chapter 4, where it happened that Cain murdered his brother Abel. And um, let me get to it. Um, because um, Cain was jealous of Abel. God, Abel, God accepted Abel's offering and not Cain's offering. And so Cain killed his brother. Um, and Cain said, um, God said to Cain, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you till the ground, Cain, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and wanderer on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Can you imagine that? He killed Abel, but his punishment is greater than he could bear. Behold, thou hast driven me this day away from the ground, and from thy face I shall be hidden, and I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will slay thee. And then, hold on. Okay, just a minute. Oh, here it is, here it is. Sorry, I, I, I read too far down. Um, the Lord said to Cain before this, right after he slew his brother Abel, why are you angry and why has your countenance fallen? If, listen to this sentence, two sentences, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not, and if you do not do well. Sin is couching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must master it. If you don't do well, Cain, sin is couching at the door. Its desire is for you. Where we just read this in Genesis 3, where the desire of the woman would be for her husband. It sounds like a good thing, but it's not a good thing here in the next chapter 4. If you do not do well, Cain, sin is couching at the door. Its desire is for you. I think that's the only two places in all of Scripture where that phrase, its desire is for you, uh, is written. And it's not a good thing. Um, its desire is for you means it desires to control you. And that's what part of the curse is. The woman's desire would be for her husband. And she would desire to control him. And that, Mary, is not the root of all evil, but a, a great amount of the trouble in marriages. Because the woman, the fallen nature of the woman, is to control everything, including her husband. And that will reverse a man being the head of the home and the wife being the heart of the home. Because the woman wants to control everything he does. And paying bills, taking out the garbage, decisions in work, decisions with the children, she wants to control. She does not see herself as his helpmate, but his ruler, his kind ruler. She'll do it tactfully, but she's still going to rule over him. That is part of the curse, and that's something a woman has to be very, very, very careful of. Mary will come back right after this break.
Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. In the New Testament's first letter of St. John, chapter 5, verses 14 and 15, we read, And we have this confidence in Him that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in regard to whatever we ask, we know that what we have asked him for is ours. It's incredible to realize how much God loves us, what he has promised us, and what he'll give us through our trust in him. Have you prayed for the Station of the Cross today? We would be grateful if you would remember us each day in your prayers, whether it's the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, the Liturgy of the Hours, the Most Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, or any other prayers you pray throughout the day. Please also pray for the intentions of your fellow Catholic radio listeners. It's so important for us to remember to keep one another in prayer. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross and live streamed. Uh, through LifeSite News, and um, we, this is we have a whole half hour left. But as we keep um, saying, you are able to call in during the entire program. It used to be just the second half hour, but now the entire program and the toll free number with anything on your heart is one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Are you still on the line, Mary? Yes, ma'am, I am. Okay, how did that sound about the desire of the woman to control? Does that ring a bell with you? A hundred percent. And I feel like I've had to examine my heart over and over again. And at liturgy, I prayed to the Theotokos about this and the Holy Family to guide me. Um, And and I've gotten better on my journey as a homemaker and a housewife um, and a mother But I really feel that society in 2022, um, as you know, you talk about this all the time on your show, is really set against the nuclear family and their traditional housewife. And I really feel if ladies examined their heart and prayed for this specific vocation, that they would feel and understand what their natural 
um, desires are because a lot of my friends who are career women and they love that's what they've done is work but when they tell me I'm so sad to leave my baby at eight weeks or 16 weeks and I'm like well look at that why do you think that is it's not this new thing you know it's your natural desire that God gave you to want to stay home with your child. Like that's nothing that's right. new. And, and they think it, and they think it's like this new feeling that all of a sudden, yeah. and I'm like, no, that is, that is from Eve. That is, that is from God. Like that is your desire. Well, and I just, yes. for, for them, it is a new feeling. I know a number of women who um, didn't want children in their marriage or then had children and decided that they'd go back to being a lawyer or a nurse or whatever they were. And once they had the child, their heart changed. So God has put within women a very special nurturing ingredient for sure. Um, But sometimes it is not realized by the woman until she actually bears a life that God has given her. So um, it is new for them and uh, for many to feel that way because she never has before. But I bless God for it. Mary, dear, I think you've got the right idea and um, you're very strong. I can hear it. Um, it's, the challenge for you is going to be to not direct your husband and to direct the family. It is, is am I right? Your, your, your challenge is going to be to truly come under your husband. Yes, that, absolutely. Yeah, I know. I can hear it in you. And, and every, your, every intention is good. Um, but the, the best thing you can do for your friends is to be an example. And the best thing you can do for your children is to be an example of what a wife and mother should be. Archbishop Chapu said, the greatest gift a father could give his children is to love their mother and the converse. The greatest thing a mother can give her children is to love their father. As you love your husband in front of the children and you respect him and you come under him truly with humility, um, your children will learn love and respect and humility. Otherwise they won't. So it's, it's a real challenge for women. Because you're a good soul, you, your faith is great, but you 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 have that struggle, uh, which God, which all women have. So it, it's something to really uh, ask God for help with. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Mother. Thank you, Mary dear. God bless you. And you know that way, when you meet women who say, "Well, I want a career. I want this," you can tell them what you found in the beauty of God's design and. Give them the courage to do it. Okay, God bless you, Mary. Um, We're speaking about uh, faith, and um, from uh, this is the faith, and um, no one, Canon Ripley says, no one can be received into the Catholic Church without a genuine and sincere faith in the Catholic religion. Now, in Protestantism, the word religion was anathema. We assume that was man-made. No, it's not. It's God-given. Faith is the very foundation on which the whole religious and spiritual edifice of Catholicism is erected. It is the root 
of, that is holding the tree against all the storms and difficulties of life and providing the sap which makes our religion a living force in our lives. The solemn teaching of the Church on faith may be summed up as follows, Canon Ripley says, Faith is a divine virtue by which we believe revealed truth, not because it is known to us by the natural light of reason, but because it is known to us <clears throat> by the authority of God who can neither deceive or be deceived. The virtue of faith is infused into the soul with sanctifying grace, and it is lost only by a grave sin of unbelief, which a man commits by deliberately doubting or denying a truth which he knows God has revealed. Further, without a gift from God, consisting in his enlightening and helping grace, no man can make an act of faith profitable for salvation. I'll read that last sentence. Further, without a gift from God, consisting in his enlightening and helping grace, no man can make an act of faith profitable for salvation. Still, faith does not deprive a man of liberty. My goodness. I keep thinking of St. Francis de Sales, who's one of our four patrons, um, who said, be yourself and be that well. Through faith in our Lord and in the church, he established, um, uh, I've never so been myself as I am now. Faith does not deprive a man of liberty. but it is a help which he freely accepts and with which he freely cooperates. It is not a blind movement of the mind, but is in conformity with reason. The fact of God's existence can be most certainly known by the mind of man, reasoning from created things. The fact that God has spoken to us can be most certainly known from miracles and prophecies, the truths which God has revealed are found in sacred, sacred scripture and tradition. Among these truths are mysteries, mysteries which can never be understood by the mind of man in this life, no matter how far it may advance in knowledge. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm thinking of Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, uh, let me just see here. I think it's Second Thessalonians, um, two fifteen. Let me just see where Paul tells everyone to adhere. Um, he says, "So then, brethren, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter." <clears throat> the letter, the letters that Paul wrote to the churches are now comprise our New Testament. So they had those letters, but either by word of mouth or letter. Not the, not the tradition of men, but the tradition of God. Hold, stand firm and hold to the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. And the same Holy Spirit, dear ones, that has kept the scripture uh, intact these 
2,000 years, um, uh, is the same Holy Spirit who keeps oral tradition, infallible oral tradition, intact. Um, Let me just mention again that you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Um, we have an email from Denise. Um, She says, Dear Mother Miriam, I have a question regarding the act of penance, particularly during this Lenten season. As I reflect upon my sins, and I have attended confession, additional sins and offenses have come to my mind, which I have done and have hurt people from many years ago. Do I confess these sins from many years ago, or are they covered when I say to the priest, for these and other sins I may have forgotten and committed, I am heartily sorry. In other words, sins or offenses I have committed against people from my past have come to mind upon reflection, and I want very much to grow closer to God and come clean with him. What if I genuinely have forgotten about a number of offenses in particular and forget to mention every one? Denise says, God bless you, Mother Miriam. I love your show and appreciate you. Thank you so much. Love, Denise. God bless you, Denise. Denise, when you uh, say at confession and you're sincere for all the other sins, I have committed, and I don't remember. I am sorry. And yes, the priest will forgive you. He will absolve you from all those sins, indeed. But if God gives you the grace, it is a grace, of recalling those sins, no matter how long ago they are, um, could be yesterday, could be when you were a child, um, you would do well to go and confess them. Have they been forgiven in the all other? They have. But if God has given you the grace of bringing to mind, you need to go confess them. I've done that myself. I've gone to confession and said, Father, um, whatever it was last week, three weeks ago, whatever it is, I, I didn't remember this, but I've just remembered something from when I was 17 years old, and I want to confess it. No priest will refuse that unless he is um, a false priest. No one will refuse that. If he says, oh, don't worry about it, I've forgiven it, uh, go to a different priest, go to a different confessor, because God wants to bring these things up to purify us, to have us have a free conscience. If you remember that, and you simply say, well, it was forgiven uh, in all the things I couldn't remember, you're going to live with doubt. Again, which is why you're asking this question, and it's very good, Denise. You're never going to be sure your state with God. If God brings sins up, go ahead and confess them and say, Father, this was included in the all I didn't remember, but I did remember this one and I want to confess it. And he'll specifically forgive you for that, absolve you from that, and it will be very wonderful for your soul. It's good to remember that we don't confess anything that God doesn't already know. If we withhold it, he knows. If we forget it, he knows. If we remember it, he knows. And it's his grace, if we recall a sin, that we can go and be purified. 
and then receive a penance for it, which is part of our healing, because we make reparation for that sin. Um, We have an email from Tim we'll take next, but I, I hear the music for our final break, beloved. Feel free to call in with anything at all on your heart, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We will be right back. is the second temptation of the devil for Jesus in the wilderness. The evil one showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. Then he said to Jesus, I shall give to you all this power and their glory for it has been handed over to me and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you worship me. But Jesus again quotes from Deuteronomy and says, You shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Unlike the Israelites who gave in to the false worship of the golden calf when they grew impatient of Moses up on Mount Sinai, Jesus stays firm and loyal to the first commandment of the law, to not worship false gods or idols, and to remain obedient to God his Father alone. Let us reflect on any false gods, idols, or priorities in our lives during this holy season of Lent. This is Matt Maloney from knowthefaith.net Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. Help bring many more people closer to our Lord by letting them know about Catholic Radio. One of the simplest ways to promote Catholic Radio is by displaying a bumper magnet on your car. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic Radio on the road. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, beloved. And again, it's our last segment, 10 minutes or more, and you're welcome to call in. The lines are wide open, uh, toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Uh, we have an email from Tim, and Tim says, 
Hello, Mother, in our 60s, my wife and I became Catholic eight years ago. What a gift. Well, blessed be God, Tim. Oh, I love to hear that. We both took yesterday off from work and planned on the 9 a.m. Mass followed by prayer at local Planned Parenthood. Later in the day, we talked about the reading, specifically about prayer, on street corners. Our prayer, vi- oh no, <laughs> our prayer vigil outside Planned Parenthood seemed to violate Jesus' guide on prayer. Would love your thoughts on this. God bless Tim and Donna. P.S. We discovered the Latin Mass last year, which has become our go-to Mass. Blessed be God forever. No, dear one, um, it's a wonderful thing to play, pray in front of Planned Parenthood. The message is that um, abortion is murder, and you want that to resonate to everybody who uh, walks by Planned Parenthood, and you also are praying that um, your very presence would stop any woman from going in who is going in to get an abortion. There's nothing wrong with that. When Jesus chastised the Pharisees of, for praying on street corners, uh, it's because they were praying for their glory, to be seen by men. How, how um, just like the, um, um, the Pharisee and the, and the um, um, I can't think of the name, the beggar that went into the, um, the synagogue and, and the Pharisee prayed, I, to God, I pray seven times a day, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. And the poor beggar said, um, Lord, uh, be merciful to me, a sinner. And that's the one that went out righteous. And so that's the idea. We don't pray on street, street corners, put ashes on our head and, and all of that to look spiritual. Um, that's the idea, not to be seen by men. In front of Planned Parenthood, we want to be seen by men, but not the issue drawing attention to ourselves, um, but it's to draw attention to the uh, heinousness of murder, of the children being murdered inside those walls. So that's not, again, it's a play, praying on street corners with um, self-grandizing uh, motives. Nothing wrong with what you did. Um, <clears throat> We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously and says, Dear beloved Mother Miriam, thank you for your holy presence in our lives, unflagging even in the midst of your community's own pressing issues. You are so sweet. Thank you so much. I enjoy beginning my weekdays with you and always feel inspired and blessed by your kind and insightful words of faith. Thank you, Anonymous. Um, He or she says... Please speak about Lenten birthdays, which I have coming up mid-March. Is it permissible to go out to a restaurant for a birthday during Lent? Is it even okay to joyfully celebrate a birthday during Lent? I usually do not do those things. Um, Haven't had a birthday cake for many, many years. I guess your birthday is during Lent. Thank you for your help with this. Lenten blessings to you and your community, Anonymous. Um, Yes, it's okay to do whatever you wish during Lent. Um, It's permissible. Nobody's stopping you from going to a restaurant during Lent. 
um, I would try to have that celebration at home uh, rather than at a restaurant myself. It's not a sin, but um, it is Lent, and we will give the wrong example. Um, And so I I personally wouldn't, but it's not against any church law. Um, I would choose to celebrate at home, dear one. And you say, is it even okay joyfully to celebrate birthday during Lent? Absolutely, it's okay. Um, um, Absolutely, because we give thanks to God for the creation of that soul. Uh, During that one's birthday, we give thanks to God and we rejoice. Absolutely, it's okay. Um, It's fine for you to give a birthday cake. I would just keep the celebration at home uh, a little more subdued than going to a restaurant myself, but I don't think there's any sin involved in that. I'm always concerned with the witness to the world. And if we're Catholic and we're uh, having a great celebration in a public restaurant, I I think that's a bit inconsistent, especially if it's Sunday. Uh, I don't believe any Catholic should be in any restaurant on a Sunday. Um, That's a day of rest, and if we go, we are going because those who are not at home praying or in church serve us. Uh, There are servants instead of helping them to be home by not going to a restaurant and let the restaurants close. What we've had birthdays here in our community during Lent, and what we'll do um, is uh, we might put a few, instead of a great big fancy birthday cake, we might put some cookies on a plate, um, and um, and instead of uh, flowers, uh, we'll take some um, some twigs and some green tiny bit of greenery and twigs and put them in a little vase so it's a celebration but it's within lent and then uh, after lent we celebrate together um nicole asks um can you please explain the reason some women wear chapel veils when in church i'm considering it and would like to understand it better Thank you for all you do to help bring clarity to our beautiful faith. God bless you, Nicole. Nicole, it's a beautiful thing to do. Um, In the Old Testament, uh, women, and growing up in my Jewish home, we never went to synagogue without a veil. We never went to synagogue. It's two things. It was a sign of submission, um, but also... um, uh, it, it is understood, and Dr. Alice von Hildebrand, uh, who has recently died and who was my spiritual grandmother, um, uh, always said that what is sacred is veiled. So the tabernacle is veiled because it's sacred. Um, and a woman is veiled because not because she's inferior, but because she's sacred. So we veil what is sacred. Um, and it's a very, very beautiful thing. And I also think... Um, in the synagogue when women were veiled. Um, it's a sign of what's sacred, but also a sign of submission. I believe that. So, um, Nicole, it's a very, very beautiful thing to, for a woman to veil in church. Uh, um, uh, some people have thought that when women are veiled, just as when they're veiled walking down the, the marriage aisle, it's a matter of curiosity. That's, um, um, that's the devil's Uh, message because we should not be curious about what's under the veil of a woman 
We should never do that. Someone said Eve is the mother of curiosity with that apple. No, curiosity is not the issue. Sacredness is the issue. And again, for some, submission. I don't think for Muslim women who wear um, burqas, it's a matter of sacredness as much as submission, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, If it's a right submission, it means you are God's chosen soul to bring life into the world and to make saints. That's a very holy, holy vocation. Um, And you are and remain um, a helpmate to your husband. So Mary, if you're still listening, God bless you. I would encourage you to continue to encourage women to get back to love and holiness. They won't be interested in the holiness if they don't see softness and love and submission. God bless all of you, and God willing, we'll speak with you tomorrow. God bless you.